This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Shay Stevens. Donald Trump is thanking his family and supporters at the Sour after breezing to victory in the Iowa Republican caucuses. With less than 1% of the votes in, NPR's Ashley Lopez reports that the Associated Press has called the race for Trump. Trump has maintained a double-digit lead ahead of the entire field of GOP presidential candidates throughout much of this race, so Trump's win was largely expected. That's even though the former president is currently facing a litany of federal charges related to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The once robust field of candidates vying for the Republican nomination has recently narrowed to a few candidates, including former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, Trump and the remaining GOP candidates are now setting their sights on New Hampshire's primary next week, as well as South Carolina's primary on February 3rd. Ashley Lopez, NPR News. As voters await the final results in the Iowa GOP caucuses, Republicans are also setting their sights on New Hampshire. NPR's Sarah McCammon reports that Nikki Haley could make a stronger showing in the next contest. Iowa Republicans historically tend to prefer religious conservatives, a group that Ron DeSantis has gone after. But New Hampshire, where the votes go next, is where uh, a place where Republicans have a reputation for being a bit more moderate and where a candidate like Haley uh, can succeed. She's made a major push there. She's been looking very strong in some polls, and she wants to come out of Iowa looking strong so she can go into that primary and make her case. NPR's Sarah McCammon reporting. Dangerous wind chills are gripping much of the United States. A winter weather advisory is posted for the Buffalo area, where an NFL playoff was delayed because of bitter cold and lake effect snow. Parts of the southeast are bracing for bitter cold and freezing rain. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is home from the hospital after being treated for complications from prostate surgery. NPR's Quill Lawrence reports that the secretary is expected to make a full recovery. Austin released a statement thanking Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and saying that he's eager to return to the Pentagon. His doctors say he can work remotely while he recovers. Austin was diagnosed last year with prostate cancer, caught early and treated surgically, but on New Year's Day, unusual complications forced the secretary back to the hospital. But Austin, who is famously shy of publicity, failed to inform his deputy or anyone at the White House, and it took four days for his condition to be made public. While he's now got an excellent prognosis, his political health is less clear. Many Republicans want Austin to resign, and the White House agrees that he showed poor judgment. Quill Lawrence, NPR News. On Wall Street, the market was closed in observance of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. U.S. futures are lower in pre-market trading. This is NPR News. Iran is claiming responsibility for the missile strikes in Syria and near the U.S. embassy in Iraq's semi-autonomous Kurdish region. In a statement on social media, Iran's Revolutionary Guard says it struck what it called terrorist operations, including ISIS targets in Syria. Another statement claimed the Guard hit Israeli intelligence agency headquarters. The Kurdish Security Council says that four civilians were killed in the attacks and several others were injured. It's been one year since an EF-2 tornado touched down in Alabama, killing seven people and leaving large-scale destruction in its wake. Troy Public Radio's Kyle Gassett reports that in Selma, the site of the 1965 bloody Sunday march for voting rights, 
The community held a ceremony to mark a year of healing. When the tornado swept through Selma, it hit many of the city's poorest neighborhoods and leveled homes and businesses. Some of the original 1965 protesters and members of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee lived in the home that now belongs to Reverend Benny Thomas. It's being rebuilt, and Thomas is helping. I've never been a partner, but I'm learning. I'm 83 years old. If they can pick up a, a piece of lumber, I can too. The community dedicated a healing mosaic that contained pieces of china and glass recovered in cleanup from the storm. For NPR News, I'm Kyle Gasset in Selma, Alabama. On Asia-Pacific market, shares are mostly lower, but up a fraction in Shanghai. And again, U.S. futures are lower in pre-market trading on Wall Street. I'm Shay Stevens. This is NPR News.